0: I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. Tell us about this poem or prayer of the single mom. Uh,
1: One day I preached on this and I asked a single mom to come up and read this prayer. And this woman volunteered. She thought that she could do it, right? And Mm -hmm. And the poem started by saying... Everybody thinks they have the answer to my problems. And she says, I'm this prayer. She's talking to God. I'm sick and tired of married women telling me how I'm supposed to run uh, my life with my children. And they Mm. have husbands that help them. And they have two incomes. And nobody knows what I'm going through. And this woman in my church that had volunteered to read the prayer started weeping in the middle Mm. of the prayer uncontrollably. Like nobody really knew. And she was actually tired, exhausted. And the prayer said, I am just absolutely exhausted. Yeah. And I was so moved by it because some of the things that this prayer talked about was the fact that people say, well— one more time. You, you need to try one more time. And she says, I don't have one more left. Hmm. You know, and I don't know if any of our listeners, and I'm sure many of our listeners are well, in that place. You know
0: that a lot of our listeners are either a single mom. Have you ever seen the eyes of the mother of young children? Hmm. They're always tired. Hmm. There's a reason for that. But hmm. you add to that being a single mom. Hmm. It's just, it's insane.
1: Yes. And many of you that are listening perhaps have lost jobs or, and you don't want to hear one more person say, okay, try one more time. Yeah. And you'll say, well, I don't have one more left. The last one was the one more that I had left. And Mm -hmm. now I just sit down and and weep. And today's story has touched me. It's one of my favorite stories in the life of David. And it's a very not known story. It's called Brook Besser. This is going to be a a little river that they need to cross. And some men are too exhausted to cross it. And um, actually, it would be good to have some background uh, to what's happening here. This
0: story is actually found in in, uh, 1 Samuel 30. But we're going to back up and talk a little bit about what's been going on in previous chapters here
1: yeah if you read chapter 27 of first Samuel you'll see that um, David has been in enemy land he just couldn't take Saul's persecution anymore and he goes to Gath. Now, Gath was an interesting place. Well, that's
0: that's the place where Goliath comes from.
1: Yeah, can you believe it? He has fought the giant back then. Now mm-hmm. he is now living in the land of the Philistines. Yes. And he lives there for 16 months. Th-
0: this really represents a downward spiral for David. I mean, he is at the end of his resources. He has been hiding out in caves. He's been running for his life. Uh, he's done the king no wrong, and the king seeks to kill him. And now he is at the end of his wits, and so he goes to the one place where he knows the king can't get to him, and that's an enemy territory. Territory, even to the home of Goliath, the giant he had slain.
1: Yes, and he is there 16 months, and we don't have any psalms recorded during that time. No. It's almost like he's lost his voice it's to spiritual to dryness. Sing. Yes, and maybe you are in that place today where all, the all you have left is a tear, and if you think this was bad enough. Uh, David becomes double-faced he's yeah. telling the king of, of the enemy double-faced that
0: he... that's an interesting expression in, in English it would usually be two-faced but still yeah well <laughs> 2 it means face, the same thing yeah, yeah.
1: you're like uh, speaking on both sides of your mouth that's right is that a well good done. English this expression? is very well done <laughs> okay so he uh, goes to um, the king and says uh, the king thinks that he's working for him mm-hmm. but he can't turn against Israel so he goes and raids the, the Amalekites or other cities and then kills everybody so nobody can tell the truth that he's not going against Israel I mean this is a mm-hmm. terrible time for Oh, David. it is
0: an awful time, and he's doing some things that he wouldn't think of doing otherwise, but now he's doing them, and it's because of the exhaustion that he's experiencing.
1: And so, here in chapter 30 of 1 Samuel, we come to a place where this is the end. There's not one more left for David and his men. He comes to Ziklag, which was the town that the king of Gath gave him, and they find it that it has been burned with fire. The Amalekites have come, burned their homes, taken their wives and all their children.
0: This has got to be the end of the rope for them. Because after all, the nation to which they belong wants to destroy them. The king to whom they have been loyal wants to destroy them. They've been running. They've been away from family. They've formed families here. And now they come back and they find out that the only people who are close to them are gone. And their, their, homes, their homes are, are gone.
1: Yes. And so, verse 4 is very significant because they just don't have one more left. They sit down and they cry.
0: Then David and the people who were with him lifted their voices and wept until there was no strength in them to weep.
1: And his two wives, remember Mm -hmm. Abigail, who used to be the widow of Nabal, and Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, Mm -hmm. uh, the two of them have been taken by these people. And uh, David is greatly distressed, but if this was not enough, his own people now turn against him on verse 6.
0: Verse 6, they're going to stone him here. In fact, it says, Moreover, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him, for all the people were embittered, each one because of his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. So,
1: he, we, we get a butt.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. His his, his followers are saying, this is your fault. We're done with we're, you. Yeah, we're through. Yes. We're, we're going to kill you.
1: Yes, and David has no one to go. His family is gone, and his own people are not longer supporting him. So he finds his strength in the Lord to go after these people and take them. And uh, verse 8, David inquired of the Lord, uh, should I pursue them? And God said, yes, pursue them because you will overtake them.
0: All right, before we even go any further, the fact is, David is about as far removed from God as he's been. He can't even write Psalms. And the worst thing has happened to him in his life that could possibly happen, he thinks, at Mm -hmm. this point, but yet he still turns to God and he asks God a question and God answers. Mm -hmm. So, God does not answer our questions based on how good we are, Mm -hmm. but on, on our great need. And David has a need. Here and God answers.
1: Yes, and David went, verse 9. This is the part where it gets very interesting. David went, he and the 600 men who were with him, and they came to Brook Besser. This is uh, the place that we were talking about. It's a little brook, Besser, where those left behind remained. And who was left behind? It says here in verse 10 David pursued, he and 400 men, for 200 were too exhausted to cross the brook. And, and they remain behind. How exhausted do you have to be yeah. to leave your children and your wife?
0: You can't even go get them even though you know we're on our way to find these uh, the people we love but I can't even take one more step. Yes. The people I love so dearly, I can't move for them. Yeah. And, you know. Again, you go back to the single mom you were talking about. Her whole life is lived for the children, and yet she comes to the point where she's so exhausted, she can't do one more thing. I can't wash one more dish. Yeah. I can't try one more thing. I can't resolve one more conflict in my family. Uh, I'm and, tired. And people
1: do crazy things at that stage. Yes. You know, here we have 200 people uh, who just can't move anymore. They can't even cross a brook. And, I mean, they've been fighting all over. They've been, you know, burning cities, doing all kinds of things, and this they don't have one more left. So David goes uh, on verse 18 and recovers um, everything. They get all their wives, they get the children, and they get a booty. They they get all the spoils, um, and they bring it back. Now, this scene is very interesting. This sounds like a church meeting here. <laughs> Yeah, because in the church we have those that feel exhausted, and Uh we feel, and then there's all those that are. They feel very strong. Mm -hmm. And they become judgmental of the exhausted. I Mm -hmm. mean, we we have this whole uh, meeting here on verse 21 that is very interesting.
0: Verse 21, when David came to the 200 men who were too exhausted to follow David, who had also been left at the brook Besser, and they went out to meet David to meet the people who were with him, then David approached the people and greeted them. Then all the wicked and worthless men among those who went with David said, because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil." That we have recovered Except to every man His wife and children That they may lead them away And depart
1: This is really Arrogant. We're going to you kick know, them out. Yeah, th- he th- says like we're not going to give you any money or anything, but you can have your wife and your children, and don't say a word because we're being too generous already.
0: Yeah, go away then.
1: And David says, no, this is not the way it works because the victory is actually the Lord's, and we are even blessed that the Lord allowed us to have this victory, yes. and this is going to be uh, divided among everybody because the exhausted get a, a part of it also.
0: Well, notice what the Bible calls the people who were judgmental enough to say, you're not going to get anything. Wicked and worthless. Yes. (laughs) Wicked and worthless are those who are judgmental saying, all right, because you're too tired, I'm sorry, you don't have any part with us.
1: And David said, absolutely not. We must not do so, my brothers, verse 23, with what the Lord has given us. And Mm -hmm. then he makes it a statue that any ordinance, that any time that there is a victory on behalf of the people, everybody will get the spoils. And this is very important because this is the way that salvation works. See, salvation is uh, done by Jesus Christ, who wins the victory, and and uh, actually we have the same language in Isaiah fifty three. You know, Isaiah fifty three is what we call the proto gospel, where the prophet explains that. Uh, There was one that took upon himself our sins uh, and did for us what we could not do for ourselves. But then he talks about the booty, how it's going to be divided. Mm
0: -hmm. Verse 12, (laughs) therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great, and he will divide the booty with the strong, because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. He has won this booty. He has won the spoils, but even though we're too exhausted to have done anything and to week, he shares it with us. Yes,
1: and he is the one that actually did it. He Um, did it. If you are exhausted today, uh, we invite you to rest in the understanding of what Christ has done for you. If you are, if you're feeling strong then don't judge the exhausted. Mm-hmm. Don't be uh, wicked and worthless, like the Bible says, and and start judging people that just don't have one more left.
0: And because some people get to that point where they don't have one more left, and you've not walked in their shoes, you've not experienced what they've experienced. Even if you've gone through something similar, it's not the same, and you're mm-hmm. not the same person that they are. Mm. You don't understand their background, and you have no right to judge them. I don't have a right to judge anyone.
1: Yes, you know. I hope that we understand here what David did. David worked in the Spirit of the Lord, Mm -hmm. saying, God is the one that gives us what we have. It's not that we gain it ourselves, and we're going to be compassionate and merciful with those that are exhausted.
0: Everything that we have received is a gift from God. He has given us the strength we need. He has given us His grace. He's given us salvation. For us to think in any way that we can withhold that from another is wrong. We are to be merchants of mercy. We are to be dispensaries of grace and to share that which we have received. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Jesus101institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus101media. Until next time, live free.